you're listening to a message from Lifeway Church. For more information about our church and our ministries, please visit www.lifeway.church. Now, please enjoy this message from our pastor, Bruce Rhodes. Amen. This is week number three of the series Empowered, and today's title is um, Staying Full of, of the Power. Week one, we started with searching for power. You can go back in the archives and look at this and um, re-hear it and take notes on it over and over again. We believe that because the, we're in a place where the church needs power and we see a power deficiency in the general, the big C church, the capital C church. Have you noticed that? That, that uh, in, in the church in general that there's just a deficiency of power? People are asking, where's the power? I mean, people even that believe the full gospel, that believe in, in the, the power of God's signs, wonders, and miracles are asking, where is the power? And so <laughs> this is so timely. We need to constantly review some of the things that we've heard the first couple of weeks about the power of God. And God's desire for us to be filled with his power, to live a powerful life so that we're not weak and depleted and broken down. I don't believe God is coming, coming back for a broken down church. I believe he's coming down for a glorious bride that's filled with power, that understands how to walk in the same love and compassion and power. You know, there's a connection between love, compassion, and power. If you love someone, you're going to do something about it. Amen. Right? A man loves a woman, and I chose this woman 33 years ago, or 35 years ago. We dated for a couple of years before we got married. But I wanted to do something about it. Passion came up, and the power released, and I said, i got to have you. Can you guys understand that? And all the men said. Amen. And all the men said. Amen. I mean, when something starts churning on the inside, you, 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 you got to have, have that woman. That's why Adam said, whoa, man. <laughs> I'm going to call her Eve. She's bone of my bone and flesh of my flesh. And I've got to. Guys, we need the power of God in our lives. Amen. And God created us to be passionate and full of power. Where, where you see passion, you see power. Where you see passion, you see love, you see power. And it's demonstrated. God so loved the world that he thought about sending Jesus. No. He thought about it, but then he acted on it. Guys, that's why the scripture up here just said, he, he gives us, he said, Jesus said, stay there until you receive power from on high. That power gives you ability, might, and efficiency. If you're going to do something, you need to be efficient. If you're going to do something, you need to be powerful. If you're going to do something, you need to have the ability to do it. And God has given us that in the person of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you for those two amens and that one grunt. <laughs> people need power. And, and from what I can tell, people uh, end up in bad places because they feel weak, because they feel powerless. Powerless. The more powerless you feel, the more you're giving control over certain things 
This is substance abuse and addiction that I'm talking about here. People end up in substance abuse and addiction because they feel powerless. And we've been talking about this for weeks now. When we're filled with power, we have the ability and the strength to resist temptation and to live an overcoming life, to face challenges but resist those temptations. Because natural human willpower is not enough. You can't just think yourself into a victorious place. You need the power of God in your life. Can I get a good amen? amen. And if you think I'm trying to prime the pump, I am trying to prime the pump, prime the pump because I'm, I'm, I'm so excited about this message. And I'm going to keep going over this week one and week two until we can get to week three. You know, I mean, this brings up a really good point. Paul came and he was, he had some things in his heart that he wanted to minister to certain people. But he says, you know, I wanted to share these things with you, but you weren't ready. So this is an interactive session this morning. I'm not here just giving a good talk off the top of my head. I didn't memorize these words, guys. I'm expecting the Holy Spirit to speak through me. So you can say amen anytime that you want to. Feel free to just chime in, say amen. If you want to help me preach this, that's good too. We're still on week number one. We were searching for the power. And I told you about a time in my life where I needed power. I was, I was born again at 11 years old, but I really didn't know how to live uh, free from sin. I just thought because, you know, because you were a good churchgoer and you showed up every Sunday that you could just do what you wanted to Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. And then Sunday, if you showed up in God's house, everything was all right. And so when I was in high school, I got into, uh, I started hanging around people that liked to get into trouble. I wasn't the instigator, but I would follow along pretty good and um, got into some places that I didn't want to be and ended up doing things that I didn't want to do. That's the, the price of sin, right? It always takes you further than you want to go, <laughs> causes you to do things you don't want to do till you get thrown in the jail and then the devil's laughing at you. Because you feel weak and powerless and you've, you have given your will over to him. So I needed that power. And I, as, as a 20-year-old, I was searching for the power to live right before God. And so uh, last week we talked about connecting to that power. And I invite you to go back and see. This was my journey. Some of this illustration was my journey on being filled with the Holy Spirit and the baptism in the Holy Spirit. And what that means. It is not something to shy away from. It's something to understand. And one point that I made last week that I really want to bring out here again is that there was like a two-year period before the time I heard about the baptism of the Holy Spirit and started really getting hungry. I was 20 years old. And so I researched it and studied it, and, and I thought, this is for me. This is what I've been looking for. But I didn't have really people around me to lead me. They all wanted to push me into this. And God never pushes you. People want to push you. And there have been churches, you know, everybody want to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Come down here right now, line up here, and I'm going to boom, 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 boom. And everybody's going to fall out and everybody's going to speak with other tongues. And, and that is like another thing, like pat me on the back because I did all that. No. Through the Scripture, I invite you to study through the Scripture in the book of Acts, it happened various different ways. Different 
people had different experiences with the Holy Spirit. Okay, so there's not a formula. And the Holy Spirit is a gentleman. And God will wait, wait patiently for you to come and drink. And I'm going to go over that scripture in just a moment. So God, God is not uh, forcing His Spirit upon you. But He invites you. It's a subsequent experience to salvation. And last, last week, we, we saw that there were two reasons for being baptized in the Holy Spirit. One is to live like Jesus and resist temptation because that was the very first thing that happened after Jesus was baptized with the Holy Spirit. He was led into this area of temptation, to the desert of temptation, and he resisted the devil. It says he was filled with power. The Spirit led him into the wilderness, but then when he came out of that wilderness experience where he was tempted... You know, the devil said to him, if you're the son of God, make these stones into bread. You must be hungry after 40 days. And Jesus said, it is written that man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. It is written, it is written, it is written. If you read that in Luke, at the very end of that, when Jesus comes down out of that mouth of temptation, it says he returned in the power of the spirit. And so he wasn't depleted from power after 40 days. He came back in the power of the spirit. And so we can live and move, have our being, resist temptation, and live victoriously in the power of the Spirit. If Jesus could do it, then we could do it. And there's keys to, there's keys to the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Went over these last week, but I'm going to give them to you real quick. Number one is surrender. Number two is to ask. God gives us gifts that we ask for. He doesn't just know that we need them. He knows that we need them, but he waits for his children to ask. So it's an important part. Asking requires faith. You have to believe that he's a rewarder of those that diligently seek him, right? And so in our asking, if your child asks you for something for Christmas, they believe you have the power and the ability to produce it. And they're going to ask you Because they are using their faith in you to get what they want. Can everybody relate to that? (laughs) I I need this. I convince mama and daddy that I need this. I want this. And you you got a deadline, December the 25th. (laughs) Right? And so God wants us to ask. But we have to believe and then we have to accept it. We have to accept it. It is a gift from God, the baptism of the Holy Spirit, for our good, for our benefit. It helps us walk in power to resist the enemy. And so today we're going to talk about staying full of God's power. And there's three aspects to staying full of God's power that I want to cover this morning. Number one is that there's one infilling but multiple refillings. You heard people say, well, I was baptized in the Holy Spirit, or I was filled with the Spirit. Some people use that phrase, because baptized in the Holy Ghost sounds a little bit scary. Like, how does that happen? Because the only baptism I knew is in water. I mean, I grew up in a bab- in a denomination that was very baptism-oriented, if you follow me. And all I understood was baptism in water. And so when somebody told me about baptism in the Holy Spirit, I'm like, how does that happen? Somebody's got to 
push you down under something. I mean, you know, there's a baptizer and there's a baptizee and then there's the element that you're being baptized in. And the Bible plainly says that it's Jesus that baptizes us into the Holy Spirit. And so once we're spirit-filled, then we're filled to overflowing with his spirit, but we leak out. We leak out. And so the big question to you right now, where you're sitting right now at this moment, is how full are you? Are you full of the Holy Spirit? It would be awesome if we had a, a, a spiritual power gauge to find out. You know, on your phone, you have a gauge to see what your battery's at. Mine's at 90% right here. Check your gauge and see how much juice you have in your phone. Some phones are so smart, they'll tell you how long you have until you need to recharge them. And most of them will tell you now, you better start recharging your, bi- uh, your phone right now or it's going to die in the next 30 minutes or whatever. That's good. But apply that to our own life. Where, where are you? How, how much percentage are you full? How, how full are you of the Holy Spirit and power? Are you overrunning? Are you running over like he designed us to be? Because naturally we leak out. And I'm just going to say it's not wrong to be weak, but you don't have to stay there. A lot of people say, well, you know, I'm just weak right now. Okay, that's that's okay. We all get to that place. But that's when we plug back into the power. You find that cord, you find the source, and you plug back in. If If I've been filled one time, I can get refilled. There's one infilling, but multiple refillings. I don't live my life and say, well, you know, I took a shower like last Wednesday. No, I get under the shower every day. (laughs) I prefer the morning time. It's just refreshing. And it's the same thing with the power of God, the Holy Spirit. He, He refreshes us. He fills us. It affects our spirit, our soul, and our body. And so doing life and daily facing the challenges that, that come our way drains us spiritually. It drains the power out of us. Would you agree with that? There, there's, there's scripture for that. Look over at Isaiah chapter 40 and verse 30. We use the scripture and we use scripture in one way only and we look at it one way only. I want to look at the converse or the other side of the coin, if you will, to Isaiah 40. Chapter 40, verse 30, and this is the Message Bible. I, we'll just start where they've got it up on the screen. He energizes those who get tired. So is it wrong to get tired? No, it's not wrong to get tired because we leak out. <laughs> right? We give out. You give out. You give out. I mean, all day long you're at work, and by the time you leave work, you're like, ah. Give me a break. Give me a break to unwind. Some people use the word decompress because you're so wound up. But you leak out. Would you agree that you get tired? He energizes those who get tired and he gives fresh strength to dropouts. (laughs) So if you dropped out right now, just receive some fresh strength because he's ready. He's ready to put you back in the game. Hey. 
You may be sitting on the bench slurping some Gatorade right now, but just a second, Jesus is going to call you back in the ball game. <laughs> That's a good thought, right? For even young people tire and drop out. And there have been some young people, some influencers in the church that have been serving God, worship, writing worship songs that just have gotten tired and drop out. Young folks in their prime stumble and fall. And guys, it's not the time to throw rocks at people that are doubting their faith. Well, I don't think they ever had anything to begin with. You're not the judge. You don't know. Some people just get tired and drop out. Are you willing to reach out and help them get back up? You know, it's, it's really sad. I'm going to get off here in just a second. It's sad that the army of God is the only army that shoot our wounded. Can I say that again? The, arm, the army of God is the only army that we shoot our wounded. Well, they're not living like they should be. Well, probably you aren't so much either. Right? We shouldn't be so hard on everybody else and expect mercy for ourselves. Some people just get tired. Some people get on prescription drugs and they don't even realize why they're acting and saying the things that they're doing. Have a little mercy. You don't know what people are dealing with. So it's not wrong to be weak. It's just wrong to stay there. You don't have to stay there. I like the second part of this verse says, but those who wait upon God get fresh strength. If you need strength, what do you do? Wait on God. Wait on God. Well, how, pastor, how long do I have to wait on God until, until you start feeling you, your battery being charged up until it gets lipping, tipping full. I don't take my phone off the charger until it says 100%. I charge mine at nighttime. So when I wake up in the morning, it says 100%. I like that feeling of 100%. I mean, I go pull up at the gas, at the gas pump. I don't pump like halfway. There was a day I only had like $5 to put in my tank, right? So it just had to get me where it got me. And if it filled it up like to a quarter of a tank or half a tank, that was, that was okay. But today I pull up there because I, I, I've got enough to fill it up to the rim, the brim. I don't just stop it halfway and go, oh, I think that'll do for today. I want to come back to the pump twice as much as I need to. Right? Think about that. You want your car to be half full? No, you want it to be full, full, full. If you pull up to the pump and, and, and you help somebody fill their tank, say, fill it up and I'll stand here and I'll swipe my card for you. Don't just say, here's $10, hope that helps your tank. $10 won't get you, what, few, three gallons of gas today, four. We need to be full. We wait upon the Lord. They spread their wings and soar like eagles. I've never seen an eagle just walking around saying, yeah, I'm so tired and so weak. Uh, could somebody help me? I think I'll just turn into a turkey, <laughs> you know? <laughs> they, they rise up. And they let the wind carry, but they have to open their wings first, right? They run and we don't get tired and we walk and we don't lag behind if, if we wait upon the Lord. The second aspect of staying full of God's power is it's our responsibility to stay full. It's your responsibility to stay full. 
we have to go back to the source. Look at John 7, verse 37. John 7, verse 37. While you're turning there, I'll go get my illustration. John seven thirty-seven. Jesus said, on the last great day, last and greatest day of the feast or the festival. This is the New International Version. Jesus stood and said in a loud voice, Let anyone who is thirsty. I like how he said anyone. He didn't say, you know, let all the Jews who are thirsty. (laughs) Let anyone who's thirsty come to me. Come to me. Come to me. Come to me. And Jesus loves to serve. But Jesus already came. He was there. Come to me. That means we have something to do. There is responsibility on us to drink. He's going to provide the water. He's the source. He's the source. He's going to provide the water. But we have to come to him. We can't sit back here and say, well, Jesus, if it's your will that I take a drink... I just believe that somehow you're going to come to me. (laughs) Are you guys getting this illustration? People sit back, well, Lord, if it's your will that I be filled with the Holy Spirit and that I experience the power of God, just, just, just bring it on. Bring it on. (laughs) We talked about this, right? Just bring it on. If it's your will, just bring it on. No, Jesus said, come to me. And drink. An empty vessel that is surrendered, asking for the water. So the source fills up the glass, the vessel, surrendered up to the top to take a drink. If you're thirsty, anybody thirsty? Come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as the scripture said, rivers of living water will flow from within them. The rivers will flow because they have come to Jesus and drank. You guys are wondering if I'm going to drink, right? Okay, (laughs) I tell you, I wasn't going to stop here. I want the whole thing. Spiritually, I've been that way. God, if you're going to give me, there's more where that came from, notice. And so I'm back again. Now you're wondering, is he going to drink two glasses full like that? But he doesn't fill us up halfway. He goes all the way. Maybe, before we're finished, maybe 
I'll go all the way again. Listen, but there's always more than you can handle. It's up to you to come back. It's up to you to be refilled. It's up to you to take a drink. But as you're refilled and overflowing, out of you will flow rivers of living water. You're not producing the power. You're not producing the Spirit. It's the Holy Spirit in you that flows out. But it can't flow out of us until it's overflowing. He can't flow out of us until it's overflowing. There's a whole lot there, guys. Grab hold of that. More than enough so that it's overflowing. The Holy Spirit begins to pour forth when we're full and not until we're full. And so verse 39, it says, By this, Jesus meant the Spirit, whom those who believed in Him were later to receive. And up till that time, the Spirit had not been given since Jesus had not been glorified. So we have to go back to the source. Look at Ephesians chapter 5. Verse 18, do not get drunk on wine. Uh Uh-oh, here's the pastor talking about getting drunk on wine. Look at the scripture and look at the context. Nowhere in the Bible does it say don't drink wine. It just says don't get drunk on wine. Which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Spirit. Instead, be filled with the Spirit. Now, be filled with the Spirit. Turn over to another scripture, and then we're going to go back to drinking. 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 6. 2 Timothy 1, 6 says in the New King James Version, Therefore, I remind you to stir up. One version says, fan into flame. Stir up. I remind you, Timothy, to stir up. This is Paul by the Holy Spirit writing to Timothy, a young pastor, and telling Timothy to stir up the gift. Fan into flame the gift of God, which is in you through the laying on of my hands. The New Living Testament says, this is why I remind you to fan into flames the spiritual gift that God gave you when I lay my hands on you. And then verse 7 goes right along with verse 6. You know the Bible wasn't written in, in divided verses. But sometimes we, we uh, emphasize one part of the verse or one part of the passage and we leave out the next verse. But look at this. I remind you to fan into flames the spiritual gift that God gave you when I laid my hands on you for God. That's a conjunction, conjunction word. For God. Stir up that gift for God has not given us a spirit of fear but a power, (laughs) love, and a sound mind. You need power, you need love, and you need a sound mind. So stir up the gift that was given to you by God. We have to, it's our responsibility, guys, to stir up the gift, to fan into flames the gift of God in us. It's our responsibility. The third point here is we have to self-examine. Self-examine. People ask the question, how do you, so how do you know if you're full? Well, you have to take a self-examination. Look for evidence. The first evidence is joy. Joy. Acts 13.52 says, And the disciples were filled with 
joy, and with the Holy Spirit. So if there's an infilling of the Holy Spirit, there's going to be an infilling of joy. Joy. Is there any reason why some folks that, are, that don't know Jesus on the earth today have uh, hesitation uh, uh, of coming into the kingdom if they see all of us with just long faces, sour faces, like we've been baptized in pickle juice? <laughs> right. Why would you, why would you want to become like somebody that doesn't have any joy? But there's joy... Joy, unspeakable joy, in the Holy Ghost, in the Holy Spirit, in the Holy Spirit. There's joy. So back to Ephesians chapter 5 where it says, do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Spirit. So he was talking to people who, who knew about getting drunk on wine. There's reasons that people get drunk. And I studied this. And there's a lot of articles on the internet about this. Number one is escapism. Coping with problems. Forgetting your cares. Heartache and sorrow. Calming anxiety. There are people that drink because they're so wound up that they just want to calm their anxiety. Calm their worries and calm their fears. But a physical substance can't do that. Those problems and those cares are there. (laughs) They're not going to go away. You need the power of the Holy Spirit. That's why there is a contrast that is made right here in Ephesians chapter 5 that says don't turn to something physical to help you. Turn to the Holy Spirit. That gives you joy because it goes on to explain what happens after you're filled with the Holy Spirit. Speaking to one another with psalms, verse 19 of Ephesians 5, hymns and songs from the Spirit. Singing and making music in your heart, from your heart to the Lord. If there's an overflow of joy, there's going to be singing from your heart. You have a song in your heart. I got a song right now going off in me, this song, the last song that we were singing. By the way, and that's, music is so powerful. God speaks to us through music, but he sustains us through a song in our heart. That's why this is so important. When you're filled with joy, you have a song in your heart, a skip in your step, a spark in your eye. There's a joy about you. People are like, man, you just faced dev- devastating news. How can you be so joyful? Because I've been drinking of the Spirit. I'm not drunk on wine. I'm drunk in the spirit. There's a correlation here. Right? Because drinking more of, 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 of the Holy Spirit. Taking a drink. Jesus said, all those who are thirsty come to me and I will drink. And drink. <laughs> not just a little bit. Drink until you, need, until you don't need any more. It's overflowing. It's evident in your life. There's a joy there. Songs, psalms and hymns and songs from the Spirit, singing and making music from your heart to the Lord. And if some, you know, you hear somebody singing to the Lord, they're not singing to you. They're singing to the Lord. Is there a song in your heart? 
always giving thanks to God the Father for everything in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. And there's another reason that people like to get drunk, to celebrate. A reward for accomplishment. Because feeling good is, is good, but feeling great is great. And people think that if this much is good, that much has to be really good. And they don't know when to stop. But listen, you can drink of the Holy Spirit. <laughs> and you won't get pulled over by the cops. I mean, you, you, sh- you shouldn't. I mean, if you're so, if you're so <laughs> alleviated, maybe you should. But uh, there is a joy unspeakable and full of glory as you fellowship with the Holy Spirit that... He celebrates this accomplishment and, and gives you not, not a, a feeling, a sensation, but a satisfaction, a soul satisfaction. The joy of the Lord makes you feel good spiritually, and gen- but it generates strength in you at the same time. It doesn't push you down or land you in a jail cell. He pulls you up and strengthens you. The second thing we look for is faith. Faith. Acts 11.24 talks about Stephen. Uh, He was a good man, full of the Holy Spirit and faith. So if you're looking at yourself, examining yourself and saying, am I full of the Holy Spirit? Then you have to ask yourself, am I full of faith? Because strength is faith. If you're strong in the Lord, then you're filled with faith. The joy of the Lord is your strength. So the fullness of the Holy Spirit produces joy, produces faith, produces strength. Strength. In Acts chapter 4, as they were gathered together and praying, In one accord, again. This was after Acts 2, but in Acts 4, they were were facing a difficult challenge. And they prayed, Acts 4, verse 31. After they prayed, the place where they were meeting was shaken. There was an earthquake in Acts chapter 4 that happened as a result of their prayer meeting. And it says, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke the word of God boldly. So we can expect to speak the word of God boldly because we're filled with strength because we're filled with the Spirit. Do you see how it correlates? When we're weak, is because we need a refill. When we're strong in the Lord and the power of His might, is because we've allowed the Lord, we've gone back to the source and we've taken a drink. I don't think I can drink this whole thing. I'm not going to start drinking it unless I can drink the whole thing. Another thing is hope. Faith and hope are coupled together. Hope. The Greek word for hope. L-P-C. E-L-P-I-S. L-P-C. Greek. It means a joyful and confident expectation. Hope. The way that we describe hope today is, well, I hope so. That's like, I'm hope. I'm, I'm just wishful thinking. I hope. I hope. But the Bible hope is actually stronger than that. 
It means a joyful and confident expectation. Look at Romans 15, 13 says, May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace and believing so that by the power of the Holy Spirit, you may abound in joyful and confident expectation. You see how joy is an indicator and hope is an indicator and peace is an indicator that we're filled with the power of the Holy Spirit. So if we're not filled with hope, we're not filled with peace, we're not filled with joy, we're not filled with faith, we go back to the source and we take another drink. You guys with me? There's verse 21 of Ephesians 5, the last thing. And this is a tough one. And people like the joy. They like the peace. They like the faith. They like to run around the room and shout and hallelujah. But look at verse 21 of Ephesians 5. Because it didn't stop in verse 20. There's a whole passage after that. Verse 21 says, submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. So if we're filled with the Holy Spirit, not only are we going to be filled with faith, not only are we going to be filled with hope, not only are we going to be filled with joy, but we're also going to be filled with humility. Humility comes from love. When we love one another like Christ loves us, we're going to submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. Humility is, is, is an, a great indicator if we're filled with the Holy Spirit. Again, it's not how high we jump and how fast we dance, how loud we shout, but it's how much we can submit to one another, serve one another, love one another. It's that full circle again, guys. We, we started with the love of God. It's because of his love that he gives gifts to us, and we receive the gifts, and the gifts excite us. The gift of the Holy Spirit, the fullness of the Holy Spirit excites us, but it brings us back to love. It moves us to do something for somebody else. We love because he loved us. Are we able to submit to one another? If we're able to submit to one another and love one another, this love is the result of how much we're filled with the Holy Spirit. So if you really want to take a a test, not only self-examination, but then ask people around you, people that know you, They know who you are 24-7, 365. Ask them, how much joy do you see in my life? How much faith do you see in my life? How much hope do you see in my life? How much love do you see? Uh, Humility do you see in my life? I want to know because I want to be full all the time, all the time, all the time, full. Last scripture, 2 Corinthians chapter 13. Guys, we are not seeking an experience. But we're drawing nearer and nearer and nearer to God through our fellowship with the Holy Spirit. It's not an experience. It's drawing nearer and nearer to a person. God. Fellowship with the Holy Spirit. 2 Corinthians 13 verse 14. New International Version says, May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God 
and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. I like this um, from the message version. It says this in the, in the message. The amazing grace of the master, Jesus Christ, the extravagant love of God and the intimate fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. The intimate fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. And so that is our, our purpose for being empowered. So that we can live like Jesus, so that we can love like Jesus. We draw nearer to him, he draws nearer to us. Guys, we always need a refilling. Don't think it's strange that you need to be refilled. Just go back to the source. Daily, go back to the source. Don't look for other things to take the place of the person of the Holy Spirit in your life. Drugs can't do it. Alcohol can't do it. Nothing else can take the place of the power of the Holy Spirit in our life. Jesus said, let anyone who's thirsty come and drink. Come and drink. And so as, as, as we get ready to leave, I'm going to ask you to stand. We're going to pray and we're just going to receive. This vessel is open. When we lift our hands, it's just, it's just a symbol that we're open to receive. How much more of God can you receive? Lord, I need. I'm, I'm in that constant place of where I, I need to be overflowed and overfilled with your presence. So if you're, if you're thirsty today, Let's go to Jesus. Let's go back to the source and receive empowerment. Receive his power. Receive his, his presence. Receive the person of the Holy Spirit. Father, we thank you. Thanks for listening to the Lifeway Church Podcast. If you'd like to join us in reaching others by partnering with us today, you can give online by visiting us on our website at lifeway.church forward slash give. Thanks for listening to the Lifeway Church Podcast and remember to subscribe to enjoy more messages like this.